0: Thank you, choir, orchestra, Terry, soloists. It's always a wonderful thing to see that even after 18,422 rehearsals before Christmas, these folks are back and ready to go. Although most of us know someone who has been hit by the flu or a cold or something, and uh, some of those folks are not with us today, but fortunately, they're watching on the simulcast. So all those that are out there today, whether you're well or not so well, God bless you, those watching our simulcast right now. I trust that you've had a great Christmas holiday and New Year. Some of you travel like me, some of you, and you got back safely like me. I didn't say sane and safely, but you got back. Good to have you here. Thank you. You had a great time. Some of you have asked how is your mother doing? Did you get to Florida? Yes, we got to Florida. Got to see her. Uh, some "Well, How old is your mom now? Well, it's like with children. When you get a half year mark, you say, I'm four and a half or five and a half. Mom is 90 and a half. So we give her, that's right, it's a blessing to, to have a mom. Now, that's chronologically. After six children, she's about 187, I think. <laughs> So I usually add that on there just to tell the truth on ourselves, but anyway, got to visit with her, had a great time down there visiting with family. Good to be back and to see you. Thank you for being here this first Sunday of 2019 when the Word of God says we'll give an answer for every day and every word. Aren't you glad on the calendar of eternity it says that you've woken up today And you've come to celebrate with other people that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Celebrate Him and to worship Him together in corporate worship. Thank you for doing that. Our message today has to do with some things regarding a biblical look at 2019. Sometimes our good friend Bubba can give us some looks at the new year since it is 2019 and give us some wisdom for that because I already know. There's probably no doubt Some of you in this room that have some resolutions that either want to gain weight or lose some. See, I covered the bases. Now, if you're a 15-year-old wanting to gain some weight to play football, God bless you. The rest of us are on the other end of that. But Bubba has a solution for you if you're trying to lose some weight. Bubba's New Year's resolution regarding weight. He said, my resolution is to help all my friends gain 20 pounds so I look skinnier. I'll be part of that. Uh, Here's another one. You you know, sometimes people want to quit bad habits in the New Year's resolution. They have some kind of a bad habit, and they want to quit it. Bubba has a solution for that. said, I was going to quit all my bad habits for the new year, but then I remembered that nobody likes a quitter. (laughs) Bubba ain't too smart, right? I also think this is interesting. Uh, asked about what he did on New Year's Eve night, he said, "I I liked to watch the ball drop at Times Square. It reminds me of what I did all year." Watch the ball drop. Never mind, <laughs> drop the ball. That's all right. Some are easier. That's right. It gets there. It is the first Sunday. Last but not least, Bubba's. Uh, last but not least, Bubba's definition of the new year. Are you ready? Well. It's actually a definition of a New Year's resolution. Some of you already know it, but it bears repeating. New Year's resolution is something that goes in one year and out the other. (laughs) So, anyway, having said all that nonsense, fact is, 2019 can be a time where all of us can have the potential to drop the ball. Drop the ball on the responsibility of what God has called us to do. And see, even right now, Only God has a measurement of every attitude in this room, mine, yours, every attitude in this room. And sometimes we can come with a good attitude, a not-so-good attitude, a negative attitude. It's not God's will for us to hold that. In fact, it's against His will. If we hold those kinds of attitudes, God says we're sinning. And that's why I want to take a biblical look at 2019, because the Word of God tells us there are certain things we need to let go of. So, whether you're a high school student, college student, elementary, senior adult, everything in between, God has a word for us there regarding 2019 because this year will come and go. Remember when last year started? Some say yeah, but some say no. 2018 went pretty quickly, didn't it? 2019 will also go by quickly. What do you want? to be shown in the annals of eternity regarding 2019. Today, the first Sunday of this new year, would be a great day to make some commitments regarding what God has asked us to do. First of all, our passage today comes from Luke 9:62. Jesus replied, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Now, what is Jesus talking about? He's using an agrarian type of an illustration because the people knew that when you are plowing a field... You're to stay concentrated on what you're supposed to be doing, either a point out in the distance, and you continue to focus on it. Because when you look back, your furrow is going to be kind of winding and not right. So what does Jesus want from us when he says to us, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom, fit for service in the kingdom of God? He's talking about total dedication as opposed to half-hearted dedication. Looking back is analogous to half-hearted dedication. Jesus is saying nothing should distract us to make us look back. He's saying we're to look forward. And so I use this verse today as a stepping point to look at some issues regarding 2019, regarding my personal life and your personal life, because if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior... He's to be the one in control of our lives. Let's look back at some things. When Jesus said we're not to look back, there are several specific things the Word of God says not to look back on. Bring up that first one if you would. Don't look back on past sins. In 1 John 1, 7 through 7-9, the Word of God says, But if we walk in the light as He's in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Problem exists in this world where sometimes we can forgive the sins of others before we forgive ourselves. And you see, most of us know ourselves pretty well in this room. You have an idea of who you are at this point in life, where some of your past sins have been past failures. Perhaps you've allowed the enemy too much free rent in your brain to keep bringing those back to you, and say so you haven't quit yet. Why try in 2019 and frustrate yourself? Just go with it. Let me submit something to you today. The Word of God says don't look back on them. Don't look back on your past sins. It's very clear that we have forgiveness of sins because of what our lord has done. God's forgiven our sins, he's put them away. It says in Psalm 103 verses 2 3 and 13, "Praise the Lord almost my soul and forget not all his benefits." Listen, dear child of God, it says don't forget all of his benefits. Sometimes we can't. But listen to what they are. Look, you think it's a coincidence that starts with this? who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on all those who fear him. Today's a great day. If there's something that has been dug up in your life and it keeps coming back to your mind to let it get buried, do you think there's not a person in this room that hadn't failed God back in 2018 at some point in life? None of us get it done perfectly, but the devil would like you and your own flesh sometimes wants to bring it back and cause that to be drug over your mind and heart. Don't give garbage, free rent in your brain. As I said, sometimes it's easier to forgive others and to forgive ourselves. Today is a day to not put your standards above God's standard. If God has forgiven all of our sins, who are we to say, God, I I can't forgive myself. If God has, what you do, dear friend, if not forgiving yourself, is you slander God. You say, you're not really God. My standard's higher than yours. I'm God. I can't forgive myself. What God expects us to do is repent of that and to move forward. But what if I keep doing it, Pastor? Keep repenting and going forward. The difference between a success and a failure is a success will pick themselves up one more time than a failure. Now, there's some practical things we can do in 2019. If there's an issue that keeps arising in your life, maybe you need an accountability partner to deal with that issue. Maybe God has called someone to be along your side in 2019. So I'd ask you today, be praying about that. God may call someone along your side, or God may be calling you to get alongside of another person that may need some accountability so they can have when they're in the midst of that temptation someone to speak with. God expects his people to be pure and holy and to drive sin out of our lives. But it's not going to happen by a continual beating up of ourselves. It's going to happen through dealing with it and moving forward. As opposed to focusing on the sin, we focus on the future and what God has for us. Another thing God wants, don't look back on past failures. Don't look back on those. Proverbs twenty-four sixteen says, For though a righteous man fall seven times, he rises again. But the wicked are brought down by calamity. Psalm one forty five fourteen. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The Word of God talks something to, to our lives and our hearts, speaks truth into our lives about failure. And sometimes we just fail, don't we? It's something that comes into the human experience. Believers, non-believers alike. But God wants us to persevere through that. We don't look back on our failures and keep dragging ourselves through the mud in negative garbage. God wants us to look forward to what he can do. Many in this room have heard of a gentleman by the name of General Douglas MacArthur. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of him. just want to get... Well, most have in this room. And, and last hour, with a lot of seniors in that particular service, a lot have heard of him. He was a five-star general. That's the moment you come in, I guess all of you military folks know you better get it right. He was a big, big guy and a powerful man. Uh, he controlled a lot of the armed forces. In fact, he was the field marshal over the Philippines during World War II. But when it was invaded, there's a famous saying that he made when he had to vacate the, the Philippines. Does anyone know what those three words are? They're famous. People in Los Angeles know. Yes. What was it? I shall, I shall return. That's what I say every time I visit the all-you-can-eat, you know, food bars. <laughs> I shall return. You know about that, right? I shall return. And he did. He made a promise, and he did. Some people wondered. How did General MacArthur get the kind of perseverance to go through all that was happening during the war? Because there was an ebb and flow during World War II. A lot of ebb and flow. Would he make it back? He said, I shall return, and he did. A lot of times the answer for that is, well, he probably learned a lot about perseverance because, Pastor, you should know, he attended West Point. And I would say to them, yes, you're probably right. He learned a lot of perseverance in going through that program. But it's not as well known a fact that General MacArthur learned a lot about perseverance before he ever got into West Point. Do you know why? Because he was rejected from West Point not once but twice. Twice. Imagine if he'd given up. Imagine if he didn't go forward. A lot of things in life have to do with us taking those failures and deciding we're either going to use them as a jumping-off point to go forward or to stay buried in a failure someplace. And sometimes it can be a moral failure or a spiritual failure of some kind. We can fail ourselves. you ever failed yourself? God says, I want you to go forward. Learn from it, but don't live in that failure. Don't look back on past failures. If you've taken that look, look and say, God, by your grace, I want to go forward. I want to go forward and persevere as you've called me to do. Thirdly, don't look back with selective memory when things get tough. Things we get, look, Israel is there captive in, in Egypt, they're slaves. All these miraculous signs happen. God leads them through the Red Sea, the waters parted. They walk through as if on dry land. It says in Numbers eleven eighteen, and plus God feeds them. How would you like free food for the rest of your life? Hmm? Some of the students saying, "I already got it right," but no, free food. Tell the people, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow when you will eat meat. The Lord heard you when you wailed. If only we had meat to eat, we were better off in Egypt. Don't look back on the past with selective thinking. They kept crying and complaining to God of what they had back then. Oh God, I've given so much up since I've been a Christian. I used to be able to go out and party with all my friends and go, now I have to just, I don't know, sing around Christian songs, read the Bible. Listen, there are many times... I have given some thought back to the past in my own life. I don't park there. I don't give free rent in my brain to garbage. I try not to. But I look back and there are many times I was hanging by a thread over hell. Arrogantly. Rushing toward it, not even knowing it. The Word of God says, Don't look back with selective memory. The people got manna for free. They start to cry. We had, at least we had meat in Egypt. But well, you know, God gave them what they wanted. Be careful for what you pray for, Amen. God sent all these quail, and the people go out and they just gather it all up. And the place where they get that quail, in Hebrew, sounds like if any of you've had any of these flu things over Christmas, you know when someone's projectile vomiting, "kill quaff a It sounds like someone vomiting because they ate it so much. That they vomited it through their nose. You ever had that experience? Quail vomit through your nose. How, I've thought about that. that. That would teach me something. And, and, I, and I know something about that. I've had an ice cream float come through there before. I've shared this before. It was self-inflicted. Take one big ball of vanilla ice cream. Take a Coke bottle. Shake it. Put the Coke bottle in your mouth. And as a kid, wonder. I wonder what will happen the ice cream sunday right through the nose and it stings and it hurts but my signs have never been clear ever since it's been a miracle don't recommend it word of god says don't look back with selective memory look forward to what i have you see god gave them something to look forward to he said i'm going to take you to a new place that flows with milk and honey but they had selective memory And I know some of you in this room have given up stuff. Some of these college and high school students gave up some of their old high school dating habits that had the wrong kind of unbiblical thoughts associated with it and put in some new habits. Some of you in the workplace have put in some new habits in your life to do things honestly. Some of you parents have put new habits into your life to raise your children in righteousness. To have the kind of marriage that models the right things. That's what God wants us to do. Focus on the future. Focus on what God would have for you to do in the future, not past failures. Raise your hand if you're a parent in this room, right? Put your hand down. It's not your fault. (laughs) Now, listen, we all fail. I know there's people beating themselves up in this room right now. You yelled at the kids. You lost a little bit. It was a hard day. It's all you could take, and that's it. And perhaps your hubby's the, the, the sole breadwinner. He walked back in the door, and there it comes. And the kids, are there listening like this, like they're on trial. We've all done it. We've all failed, okay? Just own it. Don't park in a failure. Go forward in victory. Say, God, of, you know, I, I did that. moving forward today by your grace. Help me to live today in the future of how you'd want me to live if you find yourself that you've stepped in the wrong place, move into the right place. Thank God it doesn't have to be permanent. Aren't you glad it doesn't have to be permanent? Right? I got in a car wreck once. I hope I get another one today. No, I don't. It's amazing. Other thing the Word of God says that we shouldn't do, don't look back and think you've arrived. Word of God tells us something about probably the greatest soul woman that ever lived on the face of the earth. When you think about someone who had some dedication, some tenacity to the gospel, can you think of someone more impressive than the Apostle Paul? To God's honor and glory, I say it. Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. you see what Paul's success was based on? Forgetting what is behind, and he had some really good things behind him, and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me, heavenward in Christ Jesus. Straining ahead is an athletic term. It's when you watch in the Olympics or some kind of a race where there's competition, people at the end trying to stretch out to hit that tape first. There's a lot of believers that came to faith in Christ and they're kind of just walking toward the finish line. You know, strolling along. Oh, if only we back there. Oh, I'm a failure for God. Oh, I sprained my eyelash. I can't serve God. They have some kind of an excuse. Excuse makers. God has the best year of your life in front of you. Do you believe it? The best year. That's not a put down to the path. Not some crazy saying that some pastor trying to make up to falsely motivates you. It's the truth. <coughs> Excuse me. Don't look back and think you've arrived. God's uh, will is not for us to do that. You know, pastor, I once was a soul winner. Once. You know, pastor, I once was totally dedicated to the Lord. Once. You know, pastor, I... Read my Bible every day for a number of years once. Let's forget it. Don't look back and think you've arrived. Many of the places that have done that, that are places of worship throughout this city many other cities, thinking they've arrived, thinking because they made some investment in the place that they could just put it in park when they got to be old, like 35 or 40, wink, wink. And they sail off into the sunset and their doors close. We arrive when we breathe our last breath on this earth. We arrive at heaven. Till then, Jesus said, Occupy this place. Be a soul winner. Be out there teaching the gospel, living the gospel, modeling what is right in truth and righteousness. There are so many fake and false Christians out there that no wonder some of the world will look at that and say, Is that what Christianity is? There's countries around the world that think America is a Christian nation. There are Christians in America... And there are Christians in China and Christians in Africa and Christians in the Middle East. But because there are, at one time there was a lot of Christian values here. But think about what they see. What's exported to them? They look at American television and see perversion and sickness. They say, how can this be a Christian nation? It's up to you and to me to model what Christ called us to be. That's light in this world. Light. So what does God want us to do? He said, I want you to look up. Don't look back at your past. Don't look back at your failures. Don't look back and think you've arrived. I want you to look up. The word of God tells us in Hebrews twelve one and 2, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. We're to look up. There's a cloud of witnesses. I loved it when I ran competitive track. When you got to that last lap of that two mile and... You're about ready to die. The people were cheering you on, right, or yelling at you. You're in last place against it. Whatever they do. Same thing in any competitive sport. Played many of them, did that. Here's a cloud of witnesses, but I have to tell you the stakes are way higher than any basketball game or track meet. Here's a cloud of witnesses pushing and saying, serve God while you can. 2019 will come and go. And there's not a person in this room that's guaranteed to be here for 2020. Am I right? Not more, but it's just the truth. None of us. Use it. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We have a cloud of witnesses, yes, that are pulling for us, but we have Jesus Christ himself. That's who we look to. He's worthy of all of our praise. Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. Look to him. He has your back, and He's your validator. If you're validated by anything else, you will find that you fall short in life. When your validation comes from Him, you won't be doing it to get. You'll only be doing it because you love your Lord. That's true biblical service. The Word of God says, look up. Look up at the author and finisher of faith and that great cloud of witnesses. We're also to look on. Here's a challenge for all of us this year. Look on what, Pastor? Look at what Jesus said as he traveled to a place filled with people that other people, other religious people didn't want to go to called Samaria. Jesus said in John 4, 35, do not say four months more and then the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Word of God tells us to look up, but it says to look on. Look on the fields. This year, there may be someone in your life, maybe a friend, it may be a relative, maybe someone you came acquainted with over Christmas or another family relationship. You said that person needs Jesus. It may be a student, one of your classes that's coming up or you already know. It may be a neighbor. It may be someone in the workplace where many of us can complain, God, please get me out of this place It's filled with unbelievers. Are we really praying the right thing? Instead of God, use me in this place that's filled with unbelievers. You see... We're to look on the fields because every human being walking the face of the earth is bound for eternity to one place or the other. And sometimes God just has to break us. That's why he said, look on the fields. They're ripe to harvest. When Jesus said that, it means they're rotting on the vines. I remember driving through places, even this past fall, going to the coast and seeing the crops from the floods that were just rotting out there. Rotting. Those in eastern North Carolina. Rotting. Look out there. They're getting ready to be thrown out forever. Jesus says, look up, but he says, look on the fields. Maybe God has challenged you this year as more more than in 2018. Say, God, I want to own that personally. Our church is going to be involved in corporate things to bring corporate ways to touch people in our city, but there's an individual mandate to me and to you to do it also. And the Word of God also says as a really good word for 2019. Look ahead. John 14, 1, 2, and 3. Do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. We have a new home. This is a temporary place called the earth. The Bible doesn't say you're permanent citizens down here. It says we're citizens of heaven. But it calls us aliens and strangers and sojourners down here. Tent dwellers. Bedouins out there in a temporary place in a tent. You see, the best is yet to come for us. Look ahead. What God has. It'll help your hand to release some of the things that maybe all of us can find so important. We can have things, but don't hold them so tightly. We can have some things, but everything we have is going to one day no longer be under our leasing or renting. God calls us stewards. Stewards didn't own the property, they watched over the property. And there's nothing on this earth that you own. You're wrong, Pastor. I own my car, I own my house, I own my bike. You do? When your heart stops, who owns it? Hmm? There's the old saying: You don't see a U-Haul behind a hearse. Well, I've got a, a picture on my phone that some someone did a gag and did one of those. It's a literal picture of a hearse with a U-Haul behind. It. Some of you may have that on there. I don't know. Maybe it was a, an inexpensive funeral home. They had six other bodies in the in the trailer for the U-Haul. I don't know. But the bottom line is. Jesus said, you come into this world naked, and naked you go. Is there a truer statement than that? But there is something you can send ahead. And you can send ahead those things that bring honor and glory to God by looking up and seeing there's people. Jesus is rooting for us. He wants us to be successful for him. There's success in looking on the field and saying, God, this year, no, I'm not going to win everybody. I know that. But are some people this year that, God, I can open my eyes to and see that the fields are rotting. God, I avail myself today, 2019, the first Sunday of worship, corporate worship in 2019, to say, God, I want to be open to that. I'm open to look on the fields. And God, thank you for giving me perspective to look ahead. Because everything on this earth may not happen the way I want, but I'm going to a place where there's no more sin, sickness, sorrow, or unrighteousness. Only the best things because you're there. Today, as God has spoken truth into your heart, it is the new year. As pastors come forward very quickly. We'll not wait long today. One of the best things that we have in the Word of God is being able to have sins forgiven and going forward. You may want to come up and pray alone or pray with one of these pastors and say, today I just want to release something. You may want to share it or not. But you can do it. You can do it alone at this altar or with one of these pastors or deacons. There may be a decision in your life because the devil himself or your flesh has continually brought up a decision. A decision that you've had in your life that you've done certain things. You may even be ashamed of certain things. Today's the day to get rid of it. Don't look back on the past, on past failures. To look back and say, God, those things are washed. Today's a new day. 2019, God, I desire to you to make it through me the best year I've ever had spiritually for you. To look at the spiritual journal of my life in heaven and say, God, thank you that I gave you freedom to work in my life. What a great year. There's decisions with intentionality that need to be made today. And you have an opportunity in just a moment to make some of those decisions if you already have not Secondly, if you're looking for a church home, this is a Bible-believing church that believes God's grace and mercy saves us from our sins and provides our way to heaven. If you'd like to be part of this church, we ask you to come forward as a candidate for membership. Our new members class will start at the end of the month. Love to have you come today and say, yes, I want to be a candidate for membership. God bless you if you do. And lastly, listen carefully. Jesus Christ said, no one knows about tomorrow. Today, God has put you in hearing of the truth about his plan of salvation. No one has to go to a place called hell. But friend, God won't send you there, but you'll send yourself there. By rejecting what he has already done for you, finding some other way to get to heaven through some man-made process or trying to earn your own way or some subjective worldview, today you can come and say, Jesus, here's what I bring to you, God. I bring my sins to the cross. I don't bring my righteousness, my sins. But you have paid for them, and I thank you. They've been washed away. Now, Lord Jesus Christ, by your mercy and grace, you save me. I believe in your death, burial, and resurrection. Now I want to live for you by making you Lord of my life. Would you come into my life and save me? Friend, if you do that, and you mean that, God will save you and he will change your life. The world will tell you, show me and I'll believe. God says, believe and I'll show you. Don't wait. Please stand. Respond as God has spoken truth to your heart today. Just.